Welcome to the Bible Boys Extras. My name is James and you're listening to Food Worship, Examining Gluttony. Food is a good and wonderful gift from our Creator. It's such a joy to be able to eat and share a meal with family and friends and experience food from all different cultures and all different skills. The sensations of taste and smell... Uh, that are cultivated through cooking and food prep. Truly everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving, as the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 4 verse 4. But when we take a good thing and make it a greater object of our desires than God, that's when things go off the rails. That's when there's something wrong. When we take food, which is a wonderful gift from our Creator, and focus more on it than that Creator, then we've got the order wrong. When we focus on the gift instead of the gift giver, that dishonors God. Gluttony is defined as loving food more highly than loving God, or food worship, worshipping food more than worshipping God. And the Bible speaks about this topic in a number of places. For instance, in Proverbs 23, verses 1 to 3, the uh, wise sayings warn of gluttony, especially when a ruler or you know someone in power offers you food. It, the, the proverb comes with a warning of avoiding the deception of this alluring food. We might infer that food that can uh, come from these sorts of rulers can capture your attention and your affections and take you away from God. Uh, Proverbs 25 verse 16 says that if you find honey, you should just eat enough. Otherwise, you may vomit. It's quite a vivid imagery, isn't it? Because indulgence and excess is unbecoming of our humanity and dignity. Proverbs 23 verses 19 to 21, it advises God's people to avoid those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. And and the reason that's given is that associating with these people can lead to poverty and ruining yourself. Indulging in food can deplete you of money and distract you from focusing on things that matter more, like taking care of your well-being. Proverbs 28 verse 7 declares that those who associate with gluttons disgrace their parents. In other words, those who love food above all else, they they love forming communities. And and if you've joined one of these communities, you can be wrapped up in, in this group that is dishonoring to one's family. Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 49 indicates that in the judgment against the city of Sodom in Genesis, part of the judgment was that they were, or the people of the city were overfed and unconcerned with the poor and the needy. Part of the judgment here indicates that preoccupation with one's wealth and one's food and one's ability to consume food can actually warp our perceptions of the needs around us. We can become more fixated on 
food and, and our own indulgence and pleasure of the food than caring for others. Philippians chapter 3 verses 18 to 19 speaks of how enemies of the cross let their stomach be their God rather than the one true living God. And there are so many passages that I've just listed, but 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 gives us an interesting example of gluttony in that uh, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy saying that there are these false teachers in Ephesus and they're forbidding people from eating certain foods, even though God had created food as a good gift to be received with thanksgiving. Now You might be wondering, how is this gluttony? Isn't this... You know, saying don't eat certain foods. But do you see what's going on here is that these false teachers are creating a new morality, a, 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 a rule that is more binding on the conscience than what God himself says. It's a, it's a mutated form of, of, of worship, of adherence, where they're trying to get the people in Ephesus to listen to their rules about food rather than God's rules about food. Friends, what we see from all these passages is that when you treat food as your ruler, as your God, as your object of worship and attention and and service, it's gluttony. When we let food consume our thoughts and our attitudes, even to the neglect of deeper things, it leads us away from God. But where do we see this in our own lives? Where, how, how can we see gluttony manifesting? Well, here are six different ways that you could see gluttony manifesting. The first one is to just eat food in excessive quantity, be, being fixated on gorging yourself with as much food as possible, being fixated on that as a mindset. That, that's number one. Number two, it, it, gluttony could be seen in, in desiring a particular quality of food, a, a particular richness or costliness or exotic nature of food, always being fixated on eating a certain kind of quality of food. Linked to that is a third one, which is being fixated on eating food that is prepared uh, in a very excessive way. In other words, being fixated on eating well-prepared food, food that is very well-presented, food that is very elaborately prepared. We've seen, number one, eating food in in huge quantities. Number two, eating food that is really rich or or costly. Uh, Number three, eating food that is uh, elaborately prepared. Number four, uh, eating too quickly. (laughs) This idea of trying to eat food as quickly as possible is another way that gluttony can be seen. Number five, eating greedily. In other words, maybe you're at a table and there's uh, all these people who are eating food and you, instead of letting others eat an equal share or something, you want as much of the share of food that is there as possible. And then number six, being really fixated on telling yourself or telling others what they shouldn't eat. In other words, defining what is not acceptable to eat. Because when you do this sort of thing, when, when you are 
fixated on not eating certain kinds of foods, you're creating a new morality system and you judge people based on food as well. So we've seen number one, gluttony can be seen in wanting to eat as much food as possible. Number two, eating food that is really exotic or rich or, you know, just um, very costly. Number three, eating food that has been well prepared or prepared quite excessively. Number four, eating food really, really quickly, trying to stuff your face as, as quick as possible. Number five, eating uh, as much of a share of food that is available as possible. And number six, being fixated on defining what should not be eaten. All of these things are forms of food worship, of of worshipping and serving food more than worshipping and serving God when they become dominant. You know, it's not wrong to want to eat uh, nice food. It's not wrong to want to uh, think about what is helpful or unhelpful to eat. But when these things, when these manifestations become more determinative than your love for God and serving people, that's when it becomes a problem. Friends, are you constantly fixated on food? positively or negatively? Are your thoughts consumed with a desire for consumption? Do you get angry or anxious at things related to your ability to eat or maybe avoid eating certain foods? Are you always thinking about food? Friends, gluttony is rampant in our world and devotion to food takes away people's ability to focus on the things of God. It can lead to the degradation of our bodies, including obesity and, and dangerous undereating. And it often goes hand in hand with our consumer society that is fixated on defining us by our spending habits. It can, it can be wrapped in with this identity of being a foodie or being someone who is known for eating good foods. On top of that, the food habits of our world have led to unsustainable practices in the food industry. When it comes to agriculture and uh, the, the, the different ways in which we produce food as well, we, we see mass waste due to overproduction. We see the mistreatment of animals and the degradation of land. We see the spread of diseases as we consume novel and exotic things. All of these come from our attitudes towards food. And our world suffers because of it. Friends, letting our hearts be captured by food more so than God dishonors him. It's cosmic treason against the creator who gives us all that is good. And because of that, we do deserve his judgment and condemnation. But praise God that in Jesus, we have forgiveness and cleansing. I know that for myself, as I've reflected on these things, that more and more I realize I too struggle with gluttony. I am guilty of being fixated on food more than God or on wanting more of a share of food than others um, may, may be able to eat or that may be available for people to eat. I have sinned and still do. 
And I'm personally thankful for God's grace in the Lord Jesus. Sisters and brothers, our hearts and bodies should be captured by a hunger for God above all else, such that food is but a daily reminder of his goodness towards us. Food is good, but it isn't God. Let me finish up with five truths that we can meditate on to fight gluttony and nine practices that we might try or take up to train ourselves to oppose food worship. Five truths and nine practices. Truth one, Jesus is Lord, not food. Truth two, food is good and to be received with thanksgiving. Truth three, I should be using food to serve God and people not using God and people to serve food and to accumulate food. Truth four, the Holy Spirit does and will grow Christians in self-control. Truth five, we will ultimately be satisfied in Christ in the new creation that is still to come. What about nine practices? Well, number one, give thanks before you eat, and then eat thankfully. This means that if you thank God for your food, don't verbally trash what you just gave thanks to God for, even if it's not to the quality that you'd like. Number one, give thanks before you eat, and then eat thankfully. Number two, Offer portions to others to eat before you take food for yourself. Consider others before you consider yourself. Number three, when we participate in the Lord's Supper at church or the Eucharist, do so with a thankful heart and patiently wait to eat and drink alongside others together. Number four, Buy or prepare some food and then give it to someone else or give it to charity for distribution. Instead of purchasing food just for yourself, purchase and prepare food to love and serve others. Number five, joyfully accept the offer of food from others, even if it's something you wouldn't normally choose to eat yourself. We can be thankful when we're offered food. Number six, instead of going out to eat, decide to prepare your own food at home. Instead of going out and consuming food prepared by others, use your own hands and craft something for your own enjoyment and do so thankfully. Number seven, perhaps you'd like to fast from one meal and use the time that you would have spent to prepare the food, eat the food and wash up to instead focus on God's word, God's people, or perhaps pray. Number eight, instead of using the three hour version of the recipe, 
why not pick a one-hour version and see what you can do with that extra two hours to love God and love people. Number nine, when catching up with someone, don't let food take up too much of the conversation, asking them what they ate recently or what food adventures they've had. Talk about it, but don't let it dominate the conversation and instead ask how their hunger for God is rather than what their hunger for food is. Friends, these are nine practices and not all of them are applicable at all times, but they may be something that you can do to train yourself and cultivate a heart that loves God and people more than food. Friends, the Lord Jesus has given us all good things for our enjoyment. Let's not be those who focus more on the gift than the gift giver, the creation rather than the creator, the food that won't last forever rather than the food that will last. If you have a comment or a question about anything you've heard, please feel free to email us at thebibleboys with a z at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.